Welcome to the Cowboys Beat audio podcast, streaming live on the Cowboys Beat Podcast Network, where we talk about everything related to America's team. Prescott got a carry. And reach, flip, sets up first and goal at the... Hosted by none other than Chris K. Third and seven, blitz coming, Prescott in trouble, lofting it to the corner. You may know him from his work on TikTok, but now he's taking over the podcasting world. We're not here just to take part, we're here to take over. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the Cowboys Beat Audio Podcast. Yo, what's going on guys? Welcome to the Cowboys Beat Podcast for September 1st, 2023. My name is Chris, I'm your host. It's a parade inside my city, yeah! They wrote me off, I ain't right back though. That's the problem, I ain't right back, let's go. And on today's episode, we are going to be going over three bold predictions that I have for the 2023-2024 Dallas Cowboys season. Uh, it is Friday, guys. I just want to uh, have a quick announcement real quick. So I will not be here on Monday. Uh, I will try to re- release a podcast on Tuesday. So I'm actually traveling this weekend. I'm going to the LSU Florida State game on Sunday. So I'll be in Orlando this weekend. I can't wait. It's going to be a great weekend. I'm leaving. I'm going to work today. Hopefully I have a half day. Uh, <laughs> and then I'm going to go home. I got a flight at like 10 o'clock tonight, um, landing in Orlando at about one o'clock in the morning, hitting. Uh, have you guys ever been to that Volcano Bay water park down there? It's 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 a really awesome time. I, 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 I've been to those parks like a million times. Like I've grown, I like when I was growing up, I would go to those parks all the time with my family and it just, it brings back a lot of good memories. So I'm down there at least three, four times a year. So uh, I had a really good excuse to go this time. LSU and Florida State are playing. So it's going to be a great game. I can't wait for it. And, uh, you know, the college season is officially underway. Uh, NFL season's going to be here right around the corner. Did you guys watch that game last night? The Florida-Utah game? Dude, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I was really surprised that Utah just completely dominated Florida. Like, granted, I think the score was only 24 to 14. I mean, I, I ended up falling asleep at halftime, but then I woke up and saw the score. Uh, man, they completely dominated Florida. And, like, the craziest part about it is they didn't have, like, their defensive tackle, who's, like, the best player on their uh, defense. They didn't have their quarterback, who's, like, in the running for Heisman, and they didn't have their tight end either. Man, Utah's really producing some good tight ends. Uh, Kincaid, they got a few guys, they got a few other guys this year, uh, that are pretty good. So yeah, it's interesting over there. It's good that it's good that they won because I mean, for the PAC 12, that would have been really devastating if the best team in that conference lost to like the seventh best team in the SEC, that would be damaging for that conference. I mean, granted the PAC 12 isn't going to exist in like a few years. So, I mean, it is what it is. You know, the long-term health of the conference is already compromised. So, you know, but at the same time, you know, if if they want any of those teams in that conference to have a legitimate bowl case, uh, beating Utah, beating Florida was the first step for them getting that uh, potential argument. But uh, before we get into the episode, I just want to I, I just want to clarify some things because I got a comment the other day and uh, no disrespect to the guy whatsoever. He had a critique about the the podcast and, and that is what it is. But I just want people to understand what this podcast is. I am not politically correct. 
Okay. And that's kind of my brand when it comes to this social media stuff. I want to be brash. I want to be in your face. I want to not be politically correct. I want to joke around with people. Here's the thing. When I bust the balls of guys like Kyle Brandt, like Skip Bayless, like Stephen A. Smith, they can take it. Dan Orlovsky, another one. These guys can take it. They get it all the time. They make more money doing what I would love to do than I could ever imagine to make. Okay. Like these guys are better at life than me. I'm just going to, I'm just going to put it out there. <laughs> They're better at life than me. So they can have that over me. But uh, like when they put opinions forward, I'm passionate about this football team. And the, my problem is, and this is what people don't understand when it comes to me. I work a ton. Like I, I work around 50 hours a week, close to 50 hours a week, somewhere around that, you know? I work a lot. I go to the gym every day. I wake up at three o'clock in the morning to film this podcast. I still do my homework on this team. I watch the all 22s from all angle, all angles. I watch other teams. So when these guys go on these shows and are blatantly ignorant about this team and they do it in such a confident manner and are so uh, assure themselves when they say these stupid things, I get upset about it. And I'm going to come on this podcast and let you guys know that these people are not, or they're not informed when it comes to this. They can take it. They can take all the soundboard clips that I have. They can take it. Okay. They get it every day. They get paid a bunch of money. I, look, they, they can give it back at me if they want to as well. I'm fine with that. I bust my own balls. Just like I bust their balls, I bust my own balls. I'm a ball buster. I can take it. They can take it. You know, they know what they're doing. They do this stuff for clicks and engagement. That's exactly what they do. And they know what comes with clicks and engagement. They know that they're going to get some backfire on some of these takes. And rightfully so, because they're ridiculous. So I just want people to understand what this podcast is. It's not for everybody. Uh, You know, it it is what it is. (laughs) Like, if you don't like that, then this isn't the show for you. That's that's all I'm saying. I, I, I want to say that in the most respectful manner. Because I do understand that some people may not enjoy the content that I put forward. And that's completely fine. It is what it is. It's not for everybody. You know, because here's my thing. Like two people that I really, really like in this uh, uh, community. I like a lot of content creators. But two people that stand out for me in particular. Vodka Lombardi, Skywalker Steel. Those guys do a very good job connecting with their community. You know what I'm saying? Uh and, and, and I take note of that and I want to connect with my community, but I want to do it in a way that's, all, you know, genuine to the person that I am. You know what I'm saying? Like this, this is just who I am. I, I, I'm a loud mouth person. I am an outspoken person. That's just what I am. And I understand that some people don't like me because of it. And it is what it is. That's fine. Not everybody's going to like you. As a matter of fact, if everybody does like you, that's a problem. So I just wanted to get that off my chest and I want people to understand what this podcast is. And and not only that, like when I go after these ESPN guys on this podcast, it's not impeding any of my real football talk, right? Everything I want to talk about when it comes to this football team, I get it off my chest. I don't have a time limit. I don't work for anybody. If I wanted to, I could have a two-hour podcast if I wanted to. I don't have a time limit on this podcast. I don't have a time that I, I that I want to hit. Now, granted, there are some things that 
like that are news, but I don't necessarily feel like talking about those things. Like I don't think that I should spend time talking about those things because I think my time my time could be allocated in in a different way. You know what I'm saying? So like all the real football talk that you guys want to see, I get it all off my chest. And then at the same time, that's just some bonus content that I put in there. So I just wanted to let everybody know about that. This is this is my brand, not politically correct. I'm going to go after some of these ESPN and FS1 guys. I'm not going after these smaller content creators. I'm not going after you know a, a, a kid on TikTok who has 5,000 followers. I'm not doing that, okay? Because guess what? I don't hold them to the same standard as I hold these ESPN guys. I hold ESPN to a very high standard because I know what it was like when I was a kid. When I was a kid watching ESPN, I used to love watching guys like Tom Jackson and and Berman and all these other guys. You know, I, I loved watching ESPN when I was growing. Kenny Main was a guy that I I really enjoyed watching. So when I see the cast of characters that they have on their uh, on their network now, and I'm seeing that they're not necessarily doing the the necessary homework that I think they should be doing. I I, I get a little annoyed by it. You know, and, and and that's all that is. Like, look, I, I hold them to a high standard. And because I don't think that they're reaching the standard, I, I'm going to call them out on it. And it is what it is. Again, they can take it. They're better at life than me. Bold prediction number one, CeeDee Lamb will go for 1,800 yards this upcoming season and will be in the race for Offensive Player of the Year. Now, here's the thing, right? I want to bring up something that Foots the King brought up, and it was such a great point, and I, I love that he brought this up. CeeDee Lamb is one of these guys like Steph Curry that when he's going for 35, let him go for 50. And what that means is when CeeDee Lamb feels the game and he feels the pace of the game, and that comes with feeding him the ball and taking those hits, he gets better as the game goes on. I mean, look. CeeDee Lamb this past season had some incredible performances, and a lot of them came in the second half of the year. And I think the reason why they came in the second half of the year is because he was getting adjusted to being that number one option, which by the way, CeeDee Lamb is a number one option. I want people to understand this. Being a number one receiver doesn't mean you have to play on the outside 100% of the time, okay? Doesn't mean that you have to be an X receiver. Like, if you want to say he's not an X receiver, Fair point. He's not an X receiver. He's a Z slot guy. I understand. That's what he is. But when it comes to CD Lamb, right? This is a guy that I think was getting acclimated being that number one receiver on this team. And because of that, it took him some time to really get going this past season. But when he got going, he kept on going. You know what I'm saying? It didn't stop either. You know, like in that playoff game versus San Fran, CD Lamb was awesome. And they were, he was drawing so much attention from that San Francisco 49er defense. But then when you add into this upcoming season where I think that Mike McCarthy is going to get even more out of CeeDee Lamb, because my problem with Kellen Moore is, as an offensive coordinator, one of my problems, because I have a lot of problems with the guy, is that he didn't get the most out of his guys. And I think that that's something that Mike McCarthy isn't going to do this upcoming season. I think he's going to get the most out of CeeDee Lamb. And one thing that I like that I saw from some uh, from the preseason games is that they've been trying to get these guys out in space and and do some yak things with some of these receivers. CeeDee Lamb is one of the best yak receivers in the entire league, just no doubt about it. When he gets the ball in his hands, I, I think that this guy can really make some things happen. So 
I, I'm going to take that in consideration that I think Mike McCarthy is going to get more out of C.D. Lamb than Kellen Moore got out of C.D. Lamb. And now with Doc playing, uh, hopefully he can play all 17 games this year. Hopefully he doesn't need to play the 17th game because we have the division wrapped up and we want to rest guys or whatever it may be. Um, I hope that he can play all 17 games. And if Doc can play all 17 games and C.D. plays all 17 games, 1,800 yards, I think he could do it. C.D. Lamb is a guy who's gotten better over the course of his career, right? Uh, rookie season. I think he, when Dak was playing, I think he had the most slot yards in the entire NFL up to the point when Dak was playing as a rookie. Then he comes back his second year, 1,100 yards. Then he comes back his third year, damn near 1,400 yards. Like this guy is an incredible talent. And I think that he's only going to get better and better and better. Like you see some of the stuff that he's been doing at training camp. Like it really looks like he's improved as a player from already a really good player. Again, this is a guy, I I, I just, I love this analogy that Foots brought up because it's so true. Let him go for 50. Like target this guy 15 times a game. Because here's the thing, when you get out there on that field and and you're ro- uh, rolling up against the defense, they know CeeDee Lamb's going to get the football. Just like they know Travis Kelsey's going to get the football when they play Kansas City. Just like they know Justin Jefferson's going to get the football when they play Minnesota. So what? Sometimes in football, you have to do things that the defense knows is coming. But even still, you have to find a way to work around that. And I think that that's something that the Cowboys are going to do this upcoming season. And I think with the addition of Brandon Cooks, that's going to be such a good compliment for CeeDee Lamb because when you have a guy who could take the top off of a defense vertically, uh, that's going to open up some things uh, across the middle for CeeDee Lamb. You know, and not only that, I think that the receiver core is just so much better than it was last year. So, you know, it's not even just the production that CeeDee Lamb is going to bring to the table that I think he's going to be most effective with. I think it's the production that other people are going to get because of the presence of CeeDee Lamb that's really going to elevate this offense. Like, I think that Jalen Tolbert or Michael Gallup is going to be more productive because of how good uh, uh, CeeDee Lamb is and with also with the addition of Brandon Cooks. And that's another thing we need to talk about. Hopefully, Michael Gallup can bet, can get back to what he was, at least in the 2021 season. At least, you know, we'll have to wait and see on that. But I think with Tolbert, I think you have a, a, a I think you have a number three receiver in Tolbert. And what I mean by that is, I'm not saying that he's better than Michael Gallup because we still have to see Michael Gallup and see how he's improved from you know coming off that ACL and seeing if he's fully healthy this upcoming season. But I'm just talking about on about. of the teams in the league, I think Jalen Tolbert's their number three receiver. But you have him as your number four guy, which is incredible. So CeeDee Lamb, I think he's in for a big season. Offensive player of the year, I think he'll be in the race for it. You know, because here's the thing. There's a, obviously with MVP, you're, you're, it's going to be your quarterbacks. You know, a quarterback's going to win MVP. And it's kind of annoying that it's like that. But I mean, it just is what it is. It's a quarterback league. Um, I don't think it should be like that. Like, I, I don't think it should be like that. Like Aaron Donald back in 2018 should have won the MVP. I mean, the guy had 20 and a half sacks as a defensive tackle. He should have won MVP that year. Um, just my personal opinion. But, you know, it, it's not it's not a, an award that people outside of the quarterback position win. So um, player, offensive player of the year, receivers can win offensive player of the year. And I think Justin Jefferson won offensive player of the year this past season. So he could definitely be in the running for that. And I, I, I just... Man, look, I I have a lot of good things to say about C.D. Lamb. I think he's one of the, I would say, he's a top eight receiver right now, but he definitely has that potential to be 
he has top three potential. I mean, and this is what I say. This is what I mean by that. Obviously, to me, the top three receivers in the league right now are Adams. No particular order, but I'll give it to you in a particular order. I'll go Jefferson at one. I'll go Hill at two. I'll go Adams at three. Can he get into that top three range? Absolutely. I think he can. You know, maybe not this year, maybe next year, like when, you know, Tyreek Hill, I think he's retiring at the end of next season. So maybe he could creep into there after that. But like, I have Stephon Diggs at four when it comes to receivers. Can he be better than Stephon Diggs? You're damn right. I think he could be better than Stephon Diggs. You're damn right. I think he can. So yeah, CeeDee Lamb, I think he's in for a big season this upcoming season. Bold prediction number two, Tony Power is going to be a top five running back in the league this upcoming season. Oh, no doubt about it, man. Here's the thing, right? People think that Tony Power is going to get like, you know, 15 carries a game. You know, he's not going to be really the workhorse on this offense. Tony Power is going to be the workhorse on this offense. I'm letting you guys know this right now. He's going to get around 20 carries a game. I personally believe that because here's the thing. The Cowboys look at this and they say, we're not going to sign you next year. We're not going to franchise tag you either. We're going to run you into the ground this upcoming season. That's that's what they're saying. You're, you're paying this guy. I think he's uh, the fourth highest paid running back in the league. You're paying this guy a lot of money. They're going to run this guy into the ground this upcoming season. Just like they ran Ezekiel Elliott into the ground because they were paying him a bunch of money. You get paid a bunch of money by the Cowboys as a running back, they're going to run you into the ground. Tony Powered is going to get a lot of work this upcoming season, which is why I'm upset that I wasn't able to draft him on my fantasy team. Um, because I, I honestly think he has now, granted, I'm not a fantasy expert. And if you're a fantasy expert listening to this, you might say, what the F is this guy talking about? Um, Tony Powered could be a top five fantasy running back in the league as well because of how much production I think he's going to get or he's going to have this upcoming season. Like, it, again, it all depends on health. I think he, probably miss a game or two here or there just because I mean Tony Powered always misses a game or, or two here and there but you know with him being the lead back now I expect him to get around 20 carries a game um, now I don't think that Mike McCarthy it, here's the thing okay when he talked about I want to run the damn ball this is what he meant by it and I tried to and I'm trying to beat this into people's brain He did not mean that he was going to run the ball more this upcoming season. Those words never came out of his mouth. So any of these ESPN guys who tell you, Mike McCarthy says he wants to run the ball more. You know, Mike McCarthy, uh, (laughs) don't listen to them. Don't listen to them. I'm telling you this right now because he never said that. When he said, I want to run the damn ball, this is what he meant. We had a philosophical difference. We meaning me and Kellen Moore had a philosophical difference. The philosophical difference that we had was the fact that I wanted to run the ball and he wanted to throw the ball. And granted, he got to a point where he said, you're going to have to run the ball 30 times a game. This is the quota that we're putting on you. So 30 times a game, I think that that's realistic for the Cowboys this upcoming season. I think that's probably what you're going to get. Probably about 25, 30 carries a game. And, And Mike McCarthy literally explained it. He told you what he meant by it. So... I don't think that Mike McCarthy is going to run the ball 40 times a game and they're, you know, they're going to overwork Powered. And granted, I do think that they're they're going to give Powered a ton of work this upcoming season. But, you know, I, I also think he's going to get work as a receiver as well. They're going to get as much out of this guy as they possibly can get, which is fine. Like, which is fine. Like, it's business at the end of the day. 
This guy got paid a ton of money. And I want people to understand this. I understand, you know, the, the running back thing is a, is a real thing. This guy is getting paid $10 million this upcoming season. It might just be the way I look at certain things just because like I'm, I'm out here and, and I see people that work their tails off that, that can barely even pay their bills. You know what I'm saying? So maybe it's one of those things where, cause I'm a big perspective person, right? Uh, but overall, I mean, this guy is getting paid a, a ton of money this upcoming season. And yeah, the Cowboys are going to get as much as they can out of this guy, which is fine because he is an explosive player. And I always, I said this last season, CeeDee Lamb and Tony Power need to be the focal point of this offense. And the reason why they need to be the focal point of this offense is because when the ball gets in the hands of guys who are explosive, the likely the likelihood of you having an explosive play gets much higher. So yeah. Tony Powers going to have a big year this upcoming year. And I think he's kind of getting slept on because of this injury uh, that he's coming off of. But, you know, overall, you know, it, when it comes to running backs, I think Tony Powers uh, throughout the first four years of his career had something like 400 less carries than Ezekiel Elliott had over the course of his uh, first four seasons. It's something crazy like that. So, you know, to me, it's not about the age with the running back. It's, it's a, uh, it's a, it's about the amount of carries that they got. And, you know, to me, Tony Pollard hasn't gotten the amount of carries that like a guy like Ezekiel Elliott did in his first four seasons. So yeah, Tony Pollard, big season ahead. Bold prediction number three, close your ears. If you're a hater, close your ears. If you are a pessimistic Cowboys fan, but Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl this year. Oh, you think I'm crazy? It doesn't matter what you think. Guys, this team's good. I look at this team top to bottom. This is, I think, the best roster in football, both on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side. Now, they don't have the best offense in football, but I'm just saying, like, when you combine what they have on offense and what they have on defense, uh, also with a good special teams unit as well, uh, uh, along with two play callers who have won Super Bowls as play callers in the roles that they're in right now. Mike McCarthy won a Super Bowl as a head coach who is a play caller. Dan Quinn won a Super Bowl as a defensive coordinator who is a play caller. You have experience calling your plays. You have experience on both sides of the football, on offense, at quarterback. Uh, You have experience on your offensive line, in your receiver room. Running back has experience. You go to the defensive side of the football. They got experience over there as well. Gilmore, Lawrence, professionals, no doubt about it. Experienced veterans. Uh, Leighton Van Der Esch, I think he's going to have one of his best seasons of his career this upcoming season. Parsons is that that guy who's just an other world type of talent. Diggs, I think he's going to be even better than he's been his entire career. Wilson, Curse. Uh, a hooker. Oso Digizua, I think, is going to break out. Hankins, another guy who's a veteran. Damone Clark, I think, is a guy that can break out. Uh, Williams is a guy. Like, this team is so damn talented on both sides of the football. And I posted something on my Facebook, my personal Facebook. Um, I went over the top five offenses and the top five defenses. I think that the Cowboys have a top five unit on both sides of the ball. I think they have, I think, one of the 10 best coaches in the league, along with the best defensive coordinator in football. Um, the, The thing to me, like, people will say this and they think that they're catchy for saying this, but, like, it's not true. So, like, when they say this, I'm like, bro, you think you're spitting, but you're not. You know, I think it was Orlovsky. He was like, the thing with the Cowboys is, 
Uh, they're good at everything, but they're not elite at anything. Like, I hear you, bro. Like, that sounds catchy, but it's not necessarily accurate. The Cowboys have an elite secondary. They might have the best secondary in football. Diggs, Gilmore on the opposite sides. Deron Bland, I'd even bring him up, man. Deron Bland playing the slot corner. Israel McQuamu can play slot as well when he's matched up against bigger receivers. Jordan Lewis is a guy that can hop in there. Um, then you look at the safeties, depth everywhere. Curse, Wilson, Hooker, Bell is a guy that came on. Uh, we talked about Mukwamu in the slot. Mukwamu can play safety. You know, man, like just guys everywhere, dudes everywhere. And I even bring up Mozzie Smith in this because to me, I look at him as I look at him as an addition, not trying to replace anything that we had. Like you hear. Eagles fans will talk a bunch of trash on Mozzie Smith, but here's the thing. And like they'll big up Jalen Carter, even though Jalen Carter's tape, I don't know if you guys watched it, ugh, doesn't look that great. But um, that's besides the point. Mozzie Smith is an addition. He's not replacing anybody. So what we had on our defensive line last year, Hankins, Odigizua, those guys, you add Mozzie Smith to that unit. You're not subtracting from that unit. You're adding to that unit. Granted, we did lose Quentin Bohanna, which sucks. But I mean, also Quentin Bohanna wasn't like a big time difference maker. So like, and, and, and as well, you talk about not having an elite unit. I will say this. I think the defensive line's elite. You have Parsons on one end, Lawrence on the other. Demarcus Lawrence is an elite run defender. Like he is an, he is elite in that category. That's how good he is as a run defender. Like I remember against Philly, he he, he was running his mouth about Philly, and, and he goes in there and has like eleven tackles as the defensive end. The guy was everywhere against that offense, which was which to me is the best offense in football. It was the best offense in football last year. He was everywhere. He might have gotten not have gotten a sack. Stude was everywhere on that field. And then when you take into account that you have a Sam Williams that's starting to rise up, you have Dorrance Armstrong. I'd even I'd even mention him, Dante Fowler. And I, I think that this is an elite defensive line. Maybe not so much in the interior. I think they have a good interior with Hankins and Odigizua. It's a good interior. I think that with the breakout of Oso Odigizua, it could be a really good interior. But for right now, it's good. But they're elite on the edges. They are elite on the edge. And you want to know what? I'll say this as well. If this offensive line can stay healthy, <laughs> it's an elite offensive line as well. If they can stay healthy, which is a big if. I understand that. I understand that. But just this starting offensive line unit, this is a top five offensive line unit in the league. Tyron Smith, Tyler Smith, Tyler Biotic, Martin, Steele. Martin and Steele make up one of the best right side tandems in football. The interior of your offensive line is very strong with Martin and Smith and even Biotic, who who played some really good football last season for you. This is a strong interior, along with good guys at the tackle spots. So, like, I look and I say there are some, uh, you know, very elite uh, uh, parts of this team. Even when you look at the wide receiver core, I wouldn't call it an elite unit, but it has the potential to be. It has the potential to be. If if CD Lamb goes for as uh, as many yards as I think he can, and you have a Brandon Cooks who can go for eleven hundred, and you have a Gallup who could potentially go for seven hundred, same thing with Tolbert. That's an elite room. Like not, and here's the thing: I we have to bring this up. The quarterback, I think the quarterback is really good with the potential to be elite. Like Dak Prescott 
can be an elite quarterback this year. He's not an elite quarterback right now. Not an elite quarterback right now. But he could definitely be an elite quarterback by the end of the season. Definitely be an elite quarterback. He's not He's not far off. He has all the tools. I was talking to J-Rob uh, about this on Player's Choice. You know, and, and he's not like a big Dak Prescott guy. But one thing he said was Dak Prescott has the tools as a quarterback to be a quarterback that can win you a Super Bowl. That can be, uh, you know, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He has the tools to do it. He needs to put it together. I, I don't necessarily think it's Dak that needs to put it together. I think it's this coaching staff that needs to get the best out of Dak Prescott. And I think they're going to this upcoming season. Because my thing with Callum Moore was... We do have to give credit to Kellen Moore when it comes to what he did with Dak as a quarterback coach. Like, just how he developed Dak as a pocket passer. Kellen Moore did some great things there, guys. Slander the guy all you want. I understand it's probably warranted, and and I wasn't a big Kellen Moore fan either. I don't think he was a good offensive coordinator. I think he was a great quarterback coach. I don't think he was a good offensive coordinator. Um, But what he did with Dak Prescott as a pure passer Remarkable, remarkable stuff. And I think that now Mike McCarthy as a play caller is going to take what Kellen Moore uh, 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 built with Dak Prescott and now uh, bring out the best in Dak Prescott with the offense and making things around him uh, better and more simple for the guys around him. And and I just, I think that this team is so damn good. And then when you look at the rest of the conference, Philly's not better than this team. I'm saying this right now. Philly is not a better football team than than the Cowboys. Uh, you know, people talk about Philly's defense. They got 70 sacks. Yeah, well, they got 70 sacks because they played against bad offensive lines and quarterbacks who can't stay on schedule. What happened when they played a, a, a an elite offensive line in the Kansas City Chiefs? Zero sacks. Put it on a T-shirt. You know what I'm saying? Like this, I, 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 I'm going to respect Philadelphia. Because I do think they got some guys over there. But I just think that this Cowboys team is better from top to bottom. Better coaching staff as well. Experienced play callers on both sides of the ball. You know, the the Eagles have two new play callers. Inexperienced guys. You know, so. And another thing that I really like is that Dak Prescott's going to be calling plays at the line of scrimmage. I think, and you know, and again, we talk about the ESPN guys. and, And this is why I do enjoy watching some of their segments because they do come up with some really good stuff. And and this is what pisses me off about Dan Orlovsky. Like, I, Shady McCoy, I look at him and I just laugh at the guy, right? I laugh at the guy because he's he's a joke. I look at Chris Canty, I laugh at the guy because he's a joke. Um, uh, Richard Sherman, I look at him and I laugh at the guy because he's a joke. Dan Orlovsky pisses me off because he can be way better than what he is, but he doesn't do it because he knows it doesn't get him clicks and engagement. Dan Orlovsky said this about Dak Prescott. He's the type of quarterback, when he gets to the line of scrimmage, you'll be in a good play. He'll get you into a great play. That's why that pisses me off about the guy, man. You can provide good analysis. You can be critical about the guy. I understand. Like, you're allowed to be critical of Dak Prescott. I don't take offense to that. Like, I, I really don't. My problem is with his 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 crazy comments about the guy where he's on Twitter. Oh, isn't it crazy how many turnovers he has? But you're then again, you're you're probably up Josh Allen, but that's besides the point. Um, you know, but it's true. Dak Prescott is the guy. He gets to the line of scrimmage. He's very good at processing things pre-snap, which is why, like, uh, they were talking about this on the the volume uh, with Cowherd, and he was saying uh, the guy that he was with, Middlecoff, I think the guy's name is, you know. 
Dak isn't Josh Allen or Aaron Rodgers. He can't ad lib. Uh, you do know that arm talent and being able to read and process defenses are two completely different things. Just because you don't have the type of arm talent that Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers have doesn't mean that you can't read and process defense and ch- defenses and change plays at the line of scrimmage. That's what he means by that. And Dak Prescott has the ability to do that. And I think because of that, I think that Dak is going to be considered an elite quarterback by the end of the season. I think he's going to have a fantastic year this upcoming season. So, I mean, I'm, I'm overall, I'm very optimistic about this team. Uh, they're my Super Bowl pick right now. And, and I'm not one of these fans that's just like, they're going to win the Super Bowl every single year. Now I might say it as a joke to some people. Um, but I mean, I'm just joking at that point. This is a team that can do it. I really feel it about this team. So yeah, that's my Super Bowl pick. Cowboys winning the Super Bowl. That's going to be it for the episode, though, guys. Thank you guys for tuning in. I cannot wait for this weekend. This is going to be a fantastic weekend. I'm going to have a lot of fun. I'm going to try and release a podcast on Tuesday instead of Monday. But uh, I hope you guys have a great Labor Day. hope you guys have a great long weekend. It is the weekend. It's finally here. Uh, Thank you for everything, guys. Hopefully, you guys can like up the video. That would be great. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you may be listening to this app, please make sure to follow the show and leave a five-star review. That would be greatly appreciated. And until next time, I will see you guys later. Thank you for listening to the Cowboys Beat Audio Podcast. Please make sure to follow the show and leave a review. We'll We'll see see you next time time on the Cowboys Cowboys Beat Beat Audio Audio Podcast. Podcast.